Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello everybody, it's Jessica Tai, and I am your host here with Keto Lifestyle Podcast. And we are on episode, what number are we on today? 15? Episode 15, woohoo! Sounds good. Well, hey, uh, I'm back for this episode to help you out. So uh, Yay, so uh, happy to have Derek back today. Yes. So, um, Derek, you're back, and we get to do this episode together. That's exciting. So <clears throat> I guess let's just start out by talking a little bit about our weekend and week and how things have gone since last week. Well, I, I guess the big news was we got to spend another weekend out at our uh, cool little Riverside Cottage, which was a lot of fun. We had some friends out this weekend. Yes, this was an awesome weekend out there. So yeah. we did get to share it with our friends and family, finally. And the dog. Oh, yes, and the dog. Yeah, so Tuscan. <laughs> Several, our... actually three dogs, yeah. because your brother brought his out as well. <laughs> yeah, our standard poodle uh, was able to enjoy with us. Uh, and he got he's a water dog, I guess. So he got to go out to the river for the first time. And he went out all the way way out there and uh, about shoulder high and he just barked and laughed yeah i was and, a little uh, afraid he was gonna get laugh right i was a little afraid he was I gonna laughed. get carried away in the current actually he was so deep and the current uh the water was a little bit up this weekend so i was kind of a little nervous for him but yeah. he loved it it was fun and uh we uh, started uh booking out our our place on airbnb and uh, vrbo which was kind of cool and we got our first uh, bookings, which was kind of fun, and uh, so we get to keep the property to ourselves for another week or so, and then goes goes to the uh, happy uh, renters, I guess. Yeah, so it was pretty exciting, actually. We uh, put it on, and within 24 hours, we had it booked for like 21 days out of the next 30, so that was pretty crazy, and it's actually, <clears throat> um, it's actually fully booked now from the end of October all the way through the end of November, so... That's a pretty big deal. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of sad. I'm a little bit mourning it a little bit that I won't be able to be out there like in my little cottage. Um, <clears throat> I know we'll still be able to use the river and enjoy that part of it, but I love the house out there so much. It's just so sweet. It so is cute. cool. Yeah. And, and so, we'll, you know, it's kind of funny. So we get to share it with the cousins and, you know, uh, nephews and, you know, uh, brother and sister-in-law and friends and it's just been a lot of fun to we actually got to do a little um relaxation this weekend we've been working out there doing a lot of landscaping cutting down brush and anyone that's ever cleared like you know a wooded area that hasn't been touched for several years you kind of can appreciate the kind of work we've been doing the last few weeks we actually cleared a view to the river which was awesome yes and we were able to um you know have some trails so people could walk and we had plenty of firewood and created a little campfire next to the home. And uh, we're able to, when we had our friends out, just sit. You know, all the adults got to just chill around the fire and uh, make some s'mores for the kids. And the kids got to play all their little nighttime games, ghosts in the graveyard and scooters and bikes and being a quiet little dead end street. That was fun. So I'd say that was a huge highlight for me. It was a really huge can. highlight. It was awesome. We had <clears throat> probably about 40 people or so out. 
on Saturday and um, I thought, man, I don't know if this little house can handle it. And, uh, and you know, for, we stayed outside for the most part, but people, of course, were going in and out. They wanted to, to see the house and take a little tour and, of course, to use the bathroom and, and get food or drinks or whatever. So um, the flow in the house just went really well and everybody was very complimentary and and uh, loved kind of what we had done with the house. I've decorated it with um, a lot of antiques and things that I've gathered from from different places and things that matter, you know, that have meaning to us. And and um, it's definitely decorated with love. And so it's been, it was just fun. It was great. And the reaction was good. So um, if you guys have any, <clears throat> any interest in looking at what it is or what it's like, we don't have any professional photos up yet. We're going to have a, um, we've hired a drone company to, do a drone and like a like an overhead uh, drone camera like a video camera of the property coming in from the river coming in from the bike trail so um so people can get a really good idea where the property is actually located um so our little cottage is on a, a very small piece of the almost four acres of land and then the rest of the land is separated on the other side of the street, but the street is almost like a driveway. It's like a private drive. It's just a private residential road. And so um, it's kind of hard to it's it's kind of hard to picture what it actually looks like out there. It's just breathtaking and and it's so much, it's just really cool. So we thought the best way to capture that would be through drone photography. So we're gonna have that done here shortly, and we have a professional photographer coming out to take pictures of the interior of the house. But in the meantime, we have put together um, a website called tiesriversideretreat.com. That's T-Y-E-S, riversideretreat.com. And that is, uh, you can go directly, you can go there and get information on the house, and then you can connect directly to Airbnb through there so you can book it um, if you have any interest. And like I said, it will not be available through November, but if you're interested in the, any other month, you can go ahead and book it now. Well, I think, you know, for all your listeners out there, it's kind of an inspiring thought to, uh, you know, I guess the thought of the day is go out and find some water somewhere. And, uh, you know, our, our one daughter just walks around barefooted everywhere. Yeah. She's five so good. years old and she goes down to the, you know, we, we have her put on some little kind of river shoes, you know, for the sharp rocks and stuff. But for the most part, she's actually in the water, in the in the grass, walking around barefooted, and her little feet are almost black. Yeah, uh, well, realistically, she puts on those shoes to go down to the river, yeah. but nine times out of ten, I am trying to find where she left them because she slips them off, and then she walks all around down there and goes out in the water. And, I mean, I know I've seen some friends and family that come out there and look at me like they're horrified that she's walking around like that. And I get it because she could cut her feet or, you know, whatever could happen. But the truth is there's a lot of benefit in her grounding like that, like just touching the earth with her bare feet. Like, I don't think we do that enough. And so, um, so I really don't have a problem with it. And I think it's got, cool. She's got tough little skin. She does. <laughs> well, and I guess another highlight uh, for, you know, people too is just a walk. Like I found that, you know, when we go there or if you guys have a property that's similar to this that maybe you can go to, maybe it's a park or uh, you know, we have listeners from all over the world now. It's like finding somewhere in nature that you guys can connect to and go on a regular basis to just get away from electronics. I mean, that was one of the cool things I saw this weekend was, you know, let's say 15, 20 kids running around in the dark uh, at this little 
campsite playing and right. not one of them with had, the, with glow sticks yeah you not, know <laughs> not one of them had an electronics on them yes you know they they weren't even listening to an ipod it was mm-hmm. just straight up playing I and when they that. got too tired to run around outside and play they were inside this tiny little room like this yeah. all these kids like 15 kids crammed into this little bitty 10 by 10 bedroom i mean this is a cottage guys right so it's it is you're not supposed to spend the majority of your time inside there. It's it's cute, it's fun, it's comfortable, but it's small, right? So you're supposed to be enjoying the outdoors. But these kids would get, you know, they would take breaks every now and then. You'd have 15, 20 kids crammed inside a 10 by 10 room building Legos. So they're still using their brains. They're still being creative. They're still doing those things. So it was just, it's really awesome to see. And, and I love the part of just going out there and walking into town. Like it's not a long walk at all. You know, it's a half a mile, but just to get out there and to walk into town, the kids walk or the kids will um, ride bikes or whatever. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, I, and actually, you know, speaking of that, I, you know, one of my favorite things was uh, getting to go into town in the morning and have breakfast. So that was awesome. Yes. Last week we actually missed it. We were literally a minute late and they would not uh, let us go. So anyway, so I think... The big key for me was get out there with your family, um, get back to nature, find some scenery, dump the electronics, grab a you know some friends and a campfire, um, and just relax and kind of get back to what it was like thousands of years ago for us just to hang around with people that we love. You know, we always say that our friends are the family that we choose. So just having those people around in our life and also our family as well, it's a real real treat there so yeah i agree it was awesome so okay so that's enough about the airbnb but i know we had we've had some questions about that and some interest in it so i just wanted to throw that out there and let you guys know that it's out there and you can get more information and um kind of see what it's all about for now so that's kind of what we did this weekend um lots of fun we just spent as much time out there as we could oh and you had mentioned that your brother and sister-in-law came out and their two boys which are um our boys some of their best friends they love to spend time together and we the land is large enough that we actually have a um, many areas where you can uh, put a camper or a tent or whatever you want so they actually they have a camper so they pulled their camper into a, this little wooded area that overlooks the river and Derek and I are really not much for camping I mean we kind of did I did a little bit growing up because my family would camp and it's just not really my thing. <laughs> I am my. I do, it's just not my thing. I mean, it is for some people, but um, but I'm glad that they are able to enjoy that. And what I thought was really cool is that they pulled their camper out to this part of our property. We walked out there to visit with them, and I sat in their little camp area and just thought it is such an amazing. It was just beautiful, like. The view was beautiful, like the way they had the camper sitting and they had their chairs sitting out there and they were kind of on this ridge that overlooks the river and the rapids and the beach area. And it was so relaxing and cool. And they had built like a bonfire out there and it was really neat. So they asked if they could stay out there for like another week or so. Um, so they're still camping out. I think they'll be camping out there this weekend. And it's really cool to be able to offer that and, and have people enjoy the property. Like yeah. that's that's what we got it for. And I love that. I love that people are out there enjoying it. And that reminds me too. So my oldest son, who's 16, just turned 16, 
uh, he and his buddy uh, wanted to uh, spend the night out in the uh, tent. So yeah. they set it up 100% on their own, mm-hmm. which I was really proud of him. He's not like a Eagle Scout or anything. Right. Like I said, we just yeah. we don't camp. So it's not so like he's, he's done he, that maybe twice yeah, in his life. He found a tent that we've used like three times. Yeah. He went out there with his buddy. They set it up on a ridge overlooking the river. And I went out there to check on him. It was probably like midnight. Um, mm-hmm. They were up just talking, sitting in the in the uh, the tent. And just, you know, the... The moonlight was kind of like just barely trickling down on the water. You could hear all the rapids. And they're about 20 feet over the uh, top of the, the river there, just down, overlooking it. And there was this gentle breeze coming off the river. And I was like, these kids don't know how good they've got it. I mean, yeah. but, you know, it's not like... That's such in, a cool experience because so is. many people, I think, today just never experience anything like that. We're so just inundated with all the modern conveniences of life that we just don't get out there and enjoy nature like that. And and especially kids. I feel like kids nowadays, especially in our suburban, I know it's a little different in more um, rural areas. Like I grew up in a very rural area, but I, I feel like in our suburb, I, I always say that I'm living in this like suburban bubble, the suburban cage. Like I, I feel like I get a breakout sometimes. Like it just makes me crazy. And, um, I, I love this property for that. I feel like when I go out there, I'm out of my suburban cage. Like I can spread out a little bit. Mm. There's not neighbors all around me. I've got all this open land I can just look at and walk on and do whatever I want. And it just feels so good. It's so relaxing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Well, thanks for uh, following my dream of wanting this place and closing on it with me and help me fix it up because just by myself it would never have happened of so. course well it's my dream too so i'm pretty excited that we share the same dreams yeah, love you, <laughs> awesome okay well so that's kind of all we have on our end so i just wanted to talk a little bit today we are just going to totally wing this episode actually because um i have had a few questions come in about uh three topics that we're going to talk to about a uh, talk to you about today and I have not taken any notes. I've not written anything down. I've not, I, I have a couple of little notes here and there that I literally wrote on like, what do you call those? Post-it notes? Yeah. So let's see how good you are on the spot today. Yeah. So we're just going to, we're just going to talk and, um, and get these things out for you guys and see what is, see if this helps you. So, um, the first thing I want to talk about is fasting. So I get a lot of questions about fasting and how that relates to the keto lifestyle and, and do you have to fast and, and, or, or should you not fast? And if you're a woman, is it okay to fast? And do you intermittent fast? How long do you fast? Do you do longer fast? Isn't that the same as starving? I mean, like there's all these questions about it. So, uh, I'd like to talk about that. Okay. Sounds good. So I, I guess, um, we can start out by just kind of talking about, uh, let me start by talking to you about the benefits of fasting. So, and I did not come up with all these. I told you I, and I agree with all of these. I read them, but I, um, I told you I didn't do any notes or write anything down for this week. So um, there is a um, there's an article that talks about the the top ten benefits of fasting. And like I said, I agree with it. I agree with the article's writer, so um, Brad uh, Pilon. So a lot of you know who he is. Um, have have listened to him before, read him before. So I'm just going to quickly go through his top 10 and talk to you about that. And just kind of like a jump off point for this. So we can kind of talk about it. So, um, number one reason he lists is fasting helps weight loss. I mean, absolutely for sure. 
because um, fasting, not only obviously you're not eating, but I think the most important thing is it allows your body to use the fat that it already has stored as its primary source of energy instead of sugar that you're bringing in. So that's huge, right? I mean, that's number one, that's easy. Okay, number two, fasting improves insulin sensitivity. Of course, it's been shown to have a positive effect on insulin um, because you're, again, you're not eating. And so if you're not, most people are carb burners. So if you're not eating, you're not eating carbohydrates and therefore you're not raising blood sugar and then you're not releasing insulin. So um, when you're not doing those things, it increases your insulin sensitivity because your insulin isn't constantly being called on to reduce your blood sugar, which is a more natural way uh, state for our bodies to be in. Like we are you know, our normal natural state is to be in a ketogenic state, we would have only had times of feasting on carbohydrates um, sporadically in our hunter-gatherer lives. So expecting to um, constantly have insulin secretion would have been completely abnormal. So this um, is a good way to help improve that. Um, number three, fasting speeds up with the metabolism. So when you do intermittent fasting, it gives your digestive system a rest. So that can kind of energize your metabolism and help you burn through calories more efficiently. Because when your digestion is poor, it really affects your ability to be able to, to use utilize the food and to burn fat. So intermittent fasting is great for that. Um, number four, fasting promotes longevity. So that is, there are so many studies out there, and I'm sure that any of you who are have kind of been in this ketogenic world and listening to other ketogenic podcasts and maybe fasting podcasts, um, that you've heard all the studies about how it has been shown that the lifespan of people in certain cultures is increased through their diets, and specifically those who um, who have fasting as a regular part of their lifestyle and their diet. Um, those are the people that you see living to um, uh, to hundreds of years or more. So, you know, like the 100, 101, 110-year-old people, um, fasting has been a, a positive and regular part of their lives. Number five, fasting improve hunger. So um, absolutely. So most people, if you don't eat like every three to four hours, you start to think that you're hungry and you need to eat. But the truth is, is that you're really not going to feel true hunger until probably 12 to 24 hours. I mean, think about it. You are fasting every night when you go to sleep. So you're not waking up. Most people, unless you have some real hormone dysregularities, you're not waking up in the middle of the night to eat. So you're not truly hungry or truly starving every three to four hours. You're just getting hunger cues and signals because your hormones are all messed up and, and they're not fluctuating right. And, and, um, and there, there's just, a, there's a lot of things that go into it. And I, I'm trying to kind of get through these quickly today because I, I don't want to spend too much time on this episode, but let's just suffice it to say that that you need that fasting helps you to regulate your hormones and get your fasting cues back in check so you can start actually realizing when you are truly hungry and when you're just craving something or you're just eating out of habit. Um, number six, fasting improves your eating patterns. Again, this kind of can go back to the last one I was talking about. You you have like cravings or you have eating patterns. Like you think, oh, it's breakfast time, I need to eat. Oh, it's lunch time, I need to eat. Oh, it's dinner time, I need to eat. 
Um, but with intermittent, in, intermittent fasting, you can go like all afternoon without a meal and then just eat whenever you actually feel like you're hungry. So um, it's also good for people that maybe have kind of binge eating disorders where you will, um, you know, sit down and just like eat and eat and eat and eat all in one setting, kind of your, um, kind of your, all your calories in one setting and then, um, and then not eat to the following day. It's good for you to um, practice kind of this intermittent fasting and getting your hormones regulated and um, and learning what true hunger feels like and kind of stopping that pattern of, of kind of the binge eating or maybe even not eating. You know, if you're not, if, I would say if you're someone that has an issue with an eating disorder where you're actually restricting calories, fasting is probably not the best thing for you right now. Um, I think that that fasting with, with, with an eating disorder like that where you're already trying to restrict calories can just make it worse. I think you need to work on um, allowing your body to eat and, and eating more food and taking in more calories and trying to get to more of an intuitive eating pattern. Um, but for binge eating, it can be very helpful. Number seven is improves your brain function. So there's been a lot of studies that show that improves your brain function because it boosts the production of a protein in your brain that's called um, brain-derived neurotropic factor, or BDNF. So B BDNF activates brain stem cells to convert into new neurons and triggers numerous other chemicals that promote neural health. So this protein also protects your brain from cells that change changes that are associated with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So, um, you know, super interesting uh, studies around that, and I think it's it's really interesting to read those studies and to try to understand how that affects your brain. But I know me for one, that is one of the big drivers for me to fast. Is I'm always thinking about brain health and about improved longevity and my cells, and it's just like the number one thing for me that I think about. Number eight, fasting improves your immune system. So this is really big. So I don't know if you think about when you get sick, if you're really sick, you don't want to eat, right? You, you just kind of like shun all food. Like I had one of my daughters has been sick for the last couple of days. And every time we try to offer her food, she rejects it. She doesn't want to eat. And I think kind of our human nature is we say, oh, you need to eat, you need to build your strength up. Like how many of us heard that when we were growing up? Like you need to build your strength up. But in nature, when animals get sick, they don't eat. Instead, they focus on resting. Like they they know their primal instinct is to reduce stress on their systems and their body so that they can fight the infections. Like they know they need to rest and not be digesting food and doing all that stuff. So as humans, we're really the only species that does that. We're the only ones that try to force food on ourselves even when we don't need it. So um, definitely improves your immune system. Number nine, fasting contributes to self-enlightenment. So many people, we kind of talk about this with, and like I was talking about with intuitive eating, but you know, it's important that we kind of get in connection with ourselves and like understanding our just our bodies and how our body works. And often fasting gives us so much more energy because our digestive system has a rest during the time we're fasting. And our digestive system is one of our most energy absorbing systems that we have in our body. So if we can take time to really maybe practice some meditation, yoga, maybe we read more, maybe we just rest more. Maybe we're just 
you know, just trying to just rest, just take some time for ourselves and rest um, and and not focus on eating. Because if eating, especially if you're doing what we promote here, which is eating whole foods and preparing your foods and doing all that, it can take a lot of time. So sometimes that can be stressful on people because they're busy and they're just like, man, I, I just don't even have time to prepare a proper meal. And they get all stressed out about trying to prepare it or stressed out about not preparing a proper meal and then eating something that's not good. You know, take a break. Just don't eat. Just take a break and don't eat and let it see what it does to help you like kind of connect to yourself. Um, that is number nine. And the last one is skin health. So um, it helps to prevent acne and helps with, with overall skin health. So this is very true based on, um, based on our, our body's ability to regenerate cells, how the cells regenerate when we fast. So it helps to clear, we have to clear out the toxins and it helps us to detoxify. So that of course helps our skin look clearer, prevents acne, all those types of things. So, okay, so that's kind of the top 10 benefits. So Derek, do you fast? And if I, you do, how do you fast? I've done a few different kinds. So I've, I've done the intermittent fasting a lot and I learned that, I think the old Dave Asprey or the Bulletproof kind of stuff mm -hmm. was kind of the first introduction I had doing that. And that so was when mainly, you say intermittent fasting though, what are you talking about? Explain. Well, I would go from dinner time and maybe, you know, let's say eight o'clock at night, I would skip breakfast and just do a buttered coffee, you okay. know, like an, uh, with lots of MCT oil mm -hmm. and or butter and then not eat breakfast and eat a late lunch. So, mm -hmm. and I would do that several times a week. Uh, I'd say that's probably the most common intermittent fast. Some people would not qualify that as an intermittent fast because of the amount of butter in the coffee mm -hmm. and the calories or whatever you want to call it. And actually, I am one of those people that would say that is not an, an intermittent. actual intermittent fast. But if that's how somebody wants to get started with it, I think yeah. that's fine. Yeah. And, and for me, like now, a lot of times I'll go, if I go black coffee in the morning, which is the true intermittent fast, mm -hmm. and skip lunch and go straight to dinner, then that's almost like a 24-hour fast. Mm -hmm. I've done that several times. I really haven't experimented with going multi-day fast other than one time I did that. And, you know, you know, it's just one of those things I just haven't made it a priority. Right. And that's fine. I, you know, I think, um, I think everybody has their own ways and I don't think you're right or wrong to intermittent fast or do longer day fast or whatever. So like you said, Derek, one way that people will, um, kind of try to do an intermittent fast is through like bulletproof coffee. And the issue I have with that, <coughs> excuse me, is my take on intermittent fasting is, um, you either fast or you feast. So you're either not eating or you're eating your full calories um, for your day. So I, when you're doing the butter, the butter coffee, the bulletproof coffee, the um, all these different names they have for it, you are you're still taking in a lot of calories, probably a good 500 calories or so. So if you're if that's what you're taking in, that is very tricky to your body because then that tells your body, well, I got some calories, so I think we're eating. But they may not, they must not have gotten enough food because that was not enough food to feed me for the day. So that does tell your metabolism to slow down. We got some calories, but we need to slow down now and conserve this because I don't know if we're going to get anything else. 
versus when you completely refrain from eating and completely refrain from bringing in calories, which you can drink. When I intermittent fast, I do water or black coffee or uh, unsweet tea or uh, like a hot tea, like a hot green tea or or a chamomile tea, something like that. Those are all fine for intermittent fasting. There are no calories associated with any of those drinks. And to your body, you are bringing in no food, no calories, and it's fine with that. It's perfectly fine with that. You have more calories than you need in stored fat on your body to last quite a long amount of time. So as long as you're getting uh, your proper um uh, hydration in, that's all you really need to worry about. So in those instances, that is where you are fasting. Then when you eat, so if you do an intermittent fast, like I will do, I, I, I vary my fast. So I might do, one day I might do a, a time period, I might do a 16-8, and the next day I might end up, so that would be 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating. And then I might do the next day, maybe I'm doing 18 hours of fasting and then I eat for six hours. Or maybe I do 20 hours of fasting and I eat for four hours. So I like to vary it up. And a big reason that I do that is the same reason that I don't think you should bring in calories when you're doing this intermittent fasting. Because I think that your your body's smart and its one goal is to keep you alive. That's all it wants to do. So if you intermittent fast the same period of time every single day. So if you intermittent fast, you you fast for 16 hours every day and then you eat during an 8-hour window. My I am of the opinion and I have seen research on this that says that your body, your metabolism is going to say, "Okay, wait a minute. I've got it figured out now." She gets food between these hours and these hours. So, I'm going to let my metabolism work and burn up those calories during that eight hour period. But for those other 16 hour period that she's not getting any calories in and she's not getting any food, I'm going to reserve the energy and we're going to slow everything down so that she's got plenty of energy to make sure she gets that food so that we eat during that eight hour period. So if you keep it varied, then your body never can never guess what you're going to be doing. It can't, it can't predict what's going to happen. So it keeps burning the extra stored fuel that you have in the form of body fat, which we all have. And then when you do eat, you're are you going to be keto adapted because you're burning, you're burning ketones, you're living on ketones, and especially if you're eating ketogenically. And realistically, even if you're not eating ketogenically, you're going to burn through those glycos, the, gly, the, glu, the glucose that you're bringing in quickly and those glycogen stores, and then you're going to go right back to using ketones anyway. So um, anyway, so that is my preferred method of intermittent fasting. And I do longer periods of fast as well. And in those longer periods of fast, like I'll do usually once a month, sometimes twice a month, I'll do a two to three day fast. And I do it just whenever I'm feeling like I really need to do a fast. And I can usually kind of tell when I just feel like I need to do it. And so when I need to do that, I will just do a two to three day fast. If I start feeling like I need something more than water, which is typically like by day three, then I will drink bone broth. And there are there's a little bit of calories in bone broth, but it's not much. And so I it's definitely under the amount of calories that I would feel like is okay for fasting. So that's kind of how I typically do it. Um, and I had a question about artificial sweeteners in regards to fasting. So I've had this question asked in a couple of different ways, but this was the first time that somebody actually asked me if I 
used artificial sweeteners when I was fasting and they asked it in relation to what I drink coffee or anything like that. So just to kind of reiterate, I do not, um, I, I feel very strongly that when you are fasting, you are resting. So you are giving your body a rest, your digestion a rest. This is a really important time. Like we just went over those top 10 reasons why you fast. It's a super important time for cell regeneration. It's a big, it's a super important time to let your digestion rest. So um, there's a lot of really good things that go along with fasting. And if you are taking in artificial sweeteners, you're going to negate all of those really good things that are happening. So I'm not a huge fan of artificial sweeteners anyway. We've talked about this. I talked about it in my last podcast. I've talked about it on my social media. There are two artificial sweeteners that I use, and that's erythritol and stevia. And I don't do much of either one. So I'm not, as you know, Derek, not a big baker for keto, you know, treats or swaps for different things. Derek and I do have our favorite uh, bombs, our fat bombs that we like. So Derek likes the the Buckeyes, like kind of a keto Buckeye that I make, and then a keto, like, uh, what's it called? Reese's Peanut butter cup. cup. Yeah, like a Reese cup. So I make I, I those. those. We haven't had them in a I while. know. I haven't made them in a little while. Oh, I'm sorry. But, and then the really the only one that I eat ever is the cookie dough. I make a cookie dough fat bomb that I like. But even so, in all of those recipes that I just was talking about, in all three of those fat bombs, the original recipes called for double the amount of sweetener that I use. So I kind of think when you are, when you go ketogenic, for me, a big part of it, of the benefit of being ketogenic is not having those sugar cravings as much, not having to go after those, those sweets. Like you're, you literally, not only do you eliminate the cravings, but I think you change your taste buds and you kind of eliminate the amount of sweet that you need. So if you are using artificial sweeteners like in your coffee and stuff like that. I think you're really you're missing the benefits that can come with with ketogenic eating. And I know it can be hard. I was the girl. I mean, Derek, you know this. I had to have like how neurotic was I about my Dunkin' Donuts coffee? I know. I mean, it was insane, right? Cream For and years. Sugar. Cream and sugar. Cream and sugar. And and if they got it wrong, if it was not enough sugar, I would be like, I wouldn't even drink it. Do you remember that? Like I would literally throw it out. Well, you wouldn't drink unsweet tea either. Right. Well, I wouldn't drink. I didn't drink any, any tea, iced tea, but because I didn't like the sweet tea either. But, but you know, so coffee for one. Like I understand. I totally get coffee drinkers who are like, listen, I like cream in my coffee, or I like sugar in my coffee. I can't imagine giving it up. I understand that because I was there. And for me, the tra- for my whole life, I was there until f- several years ago, we started doing the bulletproof coffee thing and I just jumped in. And and in the beginning, that was hard for me. Like I thought, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And I remember when we started, you were, you were like, this is great. I can do this. <laughs> but you were never that hooked to sugar. Well, I like the lattes. And I think yeah. for me, I when I put it in the blender and whip it up, it's like a latte. So it was an yeah. easy transition. So for me, it was harder because I always had my coffee had to be sweet. Basically, I liked a little bit of coffee with my sugar and cream. But long story short, once I kind of got onto the Bulletproof and then I couldn't even imagine drinking sugar in my coffee again, the switch over to black coffee was really not difficult. And it wasn't hard at all. I mean, I would say within a week of drinking black coffee, 
it was done. I was like, that's it. I'm totally over. I don't even, I went from bulletproof to not even wanting any of that stuff in my coffee. Like I really don't drink bulletproof coffee ever anymore. And I just don't, I just don't care for it. Let's clarify. You like the bulletproof coffee. Oh yes. Let me, yeah, let me clarify that. I actually do drink bulletproof coffee. As a matter of fact, that is my favorite coffee uh, grounds that I, I exclusively order Bulletproof. I really think that Dave hit a home run with that coffee and I love it and I serve it to everybody that comes here and I can't tell you how many, like pretty much every time I serve it to somebody new, they're like, oh my gosh, this coffee is amazing. Yes, and I tell them it's like 50 bucks a bag, so drink carefully. (laughs) It is not. But anyway, it's great. So Dave, uh, not that you'd be listening to this podcast, but anybody listening to this podcast that knows who Dave Asprey is and listens to his podcast, I promise you it's amazing coffee and I would not lead you astray. It's my favorite by far. And they aren't a sponsor yet. so No, they're not a sponsor. But so I do drink Bulletproof coffee. But when I say that, I mean, I don't drink it in the sense of with the cream and or with the butter and the MCT oil in it, which I used to do and I used to love it. But now I am straight up black coffee. And to be honest, even, even the black coffee, like I was a coffee fiend. I would drink coffee until two o'clock in the afternoon. Well, I think your taste buds change too. Because, they do. Well, you think about like when we started drinking wine, it was always like, you know, the sweetest we could get. Yes. Oh, like Moscato. Always, and this was 20 and, years ago, yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. Now it's like dark red, like the Shiraz and oh, the Petit, Petit. we even went to that, um, what was that? That like, uh, oh, I don't know. Wine what tasting? No, not the wine tasting, but we went to an event last week, like a, oh a corporate gosh. event. And we walked in the door, and they had white wine. And the 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 normally we don't even drink white. They were but if they do. yeah, they were serving white wine, and the guy offered it to us. And I said, oh, okay, what what kind of wine is it? And he said Moscato. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. I'll just get a water because I can't even handle Moscato. I tried it, and it was like oh my gosh, it it's like, like drinking syrup. It was like it was like white liquid syrup. Yes. Yeah. And I I literally took two sips, and I felt bad. I said, I'm sorry, I just can't drink this. I was like really looking forward to a glass of wine. I know, too. me and I too. I was like, you know what? I guess we're going to the wine tasting. <laughs> I thing. always joke around and I say I will. Pr- I prefer my carbs in the form of wine because it's true. I I love a glass of wine pretty much every day, every night, and I was looking forward to that. I thought, okay, this would probably be some yummy Chardonnay or something. It was and a really upscale event. Too. Yeah, and I was like Moscato, well, then they really? Beer too, and we just don't. Yeah, drink we're beer. not beer drinkers, but. Anyway, so the Moscato thing, you know, I guess they were serving that because for most people, that's probably, if they're not a wine drinker, that may be one of the only wines they'll drink. Or they didn't want red wine spilled on their brand new stuff. Yeah, but they could have served Chardonnay, and that's not going to be spilled out. That's white. They could have done a dry, buttery Chardonnay, which would have been Yeah, so anyway, so I guess what I'm saying is, even today, my black coffee, I'm down to like a cup or two per day of black coffee. Which for somebody that went from, you know, I'm up at 6.30, 6, 6.30 every single morning to drinking coffee till 2 p.m. And now I'm down to like maybe one or two cups. That's pretty huge. So it's just definitely not, you know, not as big of a deal. Well, I guess the correlation I was making is you go from the sweet wines to the dry wines. It would be natural to your taste buds would change there and change on coffee where mm-hmm. it was all sweetened and doctored up. Now you can really enjoy that rich, dark black coffee. It's kind of the same way you enjoy mm-hmm. the rich, dark red wine. Right. I think it's kind of similar. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and every time I order or wine, or dark chocolate, like you yeah. would, like you used to have to have milk chocolate oh, yeah. all sugared up and carameled up and everything yeah. else. Now you can appreciate a really good piece of like dark an eighty-five percent or well, you higher. Think about all thing, all three of those things. I think really correlate right. to each other. Well, and I think that's an interesting point that you bring up about the coffee because I really think that I enjoy the coffee more now. Like I actually taste the coffee. Right, that's what my point is. Yeah, and like I drink that cup of black coffee or two cups maybe of black coffee, and I'm not drinking it just out of habit anymore to just like down the coffee or to wake up or anything like that like i really enjoy that coffee well i think too when you fasted mm-hmm. and when you like i remember a couple times when you fasted multiple days you appreciate what a tomato tastes oh, like yes. you appreciate what really <laughs> good romaine true. lettuce tastes like yes. like what you mean that you don't have to drizzle it with 10 pounds of sugary dressing that no yep. it's like you start appreciating like when I did that one fast, I remember I was so excited just to have some whole foods, like yes. some just real good, you know, uh, like an avocado. Like yeah. there's actually a taste to an avocado. Well, and I yeah. think that is another really interesting point you bring up. And that would be a definitely if I had taken the time to write out a list. You would have made that number I 11. I would have made that number 11. Like that is such a good point is that I think fasting also enhances your taste buds. Like... You take a break from eating and you take a break from digesting and taking in all this stuff. You just take a break. Just let everything rest. Let your 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 parasympathetic, your sympathetic systems rest. And I think it actually, it really does give you a super deep appreciation for how amazing this nutrition that you're putting in your mouth tastes. Well, I think, you know, you hear about people that go on these like odysseys and they just eat off the land and they, Mm -hmm. it's like, they are like, wow, I never appreciated what a berry tasted like. It's because it was one or two in a little patch. That's right. They, they, they're sitting in this wilderness area. They don't have a bag of something. Right. They had two berries. Right. So they're like, okay, I'm going to take my time. Where they catch one fish. Yes. And they're going to eat that fish. And they eat the fish eyes and everything else. (laughs) Right, right. So I think that's super interesting. And I I think that's a really good point. So just to kind of recap real quick on the artificial sweetener, which is what I was originally talking about. Definitely, I think when you are fasting, do not have artificial sweeteners. Stay away from those. And in my opinion, when you're fasting, you know, if you have to have cream in your sugar, fine. There's not a ton of calories in that. But even that, I would really encourage you to try to move away from that and try to do the clear liquids. I know coffee is not clear, but in general, do your 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 coffee, tea, water with no added anything. And if you're going to do a longer fast, I think bone broth is great. Because you've got, it's full of electrolytes. You can add salt to it. It's full of nutrients and minerals that are really good for your body. So, I, I agree with doing that. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, do you? I know you wanted to talk about uh, infrared saunas today. Yes. Are we so, going to do that before we wrap up? Yes. I want to talk a little bit about sauna use. So, um, infrared saunas, big. You know, people talk about them a lot. I get a lot of questions about them. I am a huge infrared sauna lover. We have one in our house, in our home. And actually, I used to use it tonight. Yes, and I do too. So yeah. our um, so Derek was was kind enough to jump into this with me when I, you know, I had been hearing a lot about them, and I was convinced that we that uh, that I needed to be going to them. So I found a couple of local places, local spas that offered infrared saunas, and I was purchasing packages and going like three or four times a week, and it didn't take me long to realize that. 
this was really silly waste of money. <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, your budget and everything else for us, when we start doing the math, it's like if we're both going to start doing this and we're going to do it several times a week, within a month, we could probably make up the difference I'm paying for. Right. Well, it was, it was, I, I think I had figured out that within like three months, we could pay for our own sauna. Yeah, so, for three months. Yeah. So I thought, okay, this is really silly. And I bought a, you know, we got a nice one. We didn't, definitely did not get um, the top of the line, but we didn't get the bottom either. So you can get lots of different saunas. There are saunas that are kind of like, um, almost like a suit that you wear in Fred saunas. And I don't have a lot of experience with those, but I've heard that those are, are good as well. And those are definitely on the lower price point of sauna in Fred saunas for home use. But what we went with specifically was a clear light sauna. And the reason I chose clear light is I was looking for a sauna. I did a lot of research on saunas out there that had the lowest EMF ratings. So the elect elect electromagnetic field ratings. Um, that was important to me because I thought if I'm getting in the sauna and my number one goal is to detox and help build healthy cells, then I really don't want to be doing that in this big infrared, or I mean this big EMF And zone. I think the biggest, when I told people at work, hey, I'm, we're getting an infrared sauna, they're like, what is that? So I think maybe you should just explain real quick what's the difference between a just a hot box sauna and what this is. Yeah, so a regular sauna, just kind of your typical sauna that you would have like in a gym that you go to or or a spa or something like that. Your typical sauna, it just heats the air around you and then you heat up from the outside in. So that's kind of your typical sauna. Um, pretty good for as far as like muscle relaxation and, and things like that. And sweating. And sweating. It can make you sweat, which sweating na naturally is a detox. But there's also a lot of negative things that come along with a sauna like that. Like they actually say that it can be damaging to your lungs. Like it's not good for your lungs to be heated like that and because because like I said it's heating the air around you and then you get hot on the inside so before you ever get the benefits of actually sweating you are breathing in all that really intense hot air and so that can be damaging to your lungs the difference is in an infrared sauna is the light the infrared light directly penetrates your skin and it doesn't heat the air around you it actually heats you up from the inside out so that's a completely different effect from a normal sauna. Kind of like a microwave? <laughs> no, not like a microwave, but I mean, I guess, I mean. It kind of reminds me of that. It does make me think of that actually now that you say that. Because I always think of it like, does, because yeah. the microwave does heat like water molecules and makes it heat up. And I then. Guess. Maybe it's, it's all waves. Right? Yeah, it's all wavelengths, I, I, guess, I guess, right? Like, is a microwave light links? I should probably know that, right? But yeah, I don't I think know that. They all, microwave is a certain uh, wavelength, and so is the radio. Is and it so a, is, there's Everything's different. Wavelengths. But is a microwave a light wavelength? Well, you need to you need to ask your guy from your sauna. Probably. Yeah, that's yeah. a really I should. That's a good question. Pro it's like, probably like one degree different between you getting microwave and you getting infrared sauna. <laughs> right. But people thought I was crazy for buying this thing. I mean, I don't know specifically like why I follow Jesse's crazy ideas all the time, <laughs> but I do. I can just tell you that uh, it's something I've tried to make a I, something I've made a pattern in my life to do it at least two times a week. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been in there up to five times a week. for, yeah. And I usually set mine for 35 minutes mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, kind of go from there. But that's 
We use both kinds of light too. So you added those extra lights. So yeah. you're going to talk about that? Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. So most infrared saunas are far infrared. So let me talk, first of all, let me tell you a little bit about the different uh, the kind of the different, you, so you have a parasympathetic and a sympathetic nervous system. And we've talked about this before. But one of the interesting things about an infrared sauna is, you know, people say, well, you sweat when you exercise. So why are you not like, you just get in the sauna and you sweat. And so of course that detoxifies, we get that you sweat out toxins. So, but you do the same thing when you exercise, like you're still sweating and you're still sweating out toxins, but not so fast. So studies are showing that when you, when you exercise, you're actually typing, tapping into your fight or flight system, which is your sympathetic nervous system. So that's you're in that when you exercise. So that's not a state where you can detox. You actually cannot detox when you're in that flight or fight. Your system can't do both. So if you're in that flight or fight system, your only job, your only thought that your body has in that moment is to get you away from the tiger, get away, sustain your life. That's it. It is not thinking about detoxing, nothing like that. In order to detox, you have to be tied tapped into your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your sympathetic, which is your rest and digest, right? We've talked about that. That is where you can relax and your body can detox. So just think about that. So not all sweating is created equal. So you can't think, well, I'm just going to go run for 10 miles and I'm going to sweat my butt off in the summer heat and that's going to detox. You're not. Your body doesn't know that you're trying to detox. Your body thinks you're running from a tiger. So it's two very different systems and two very, uh, you know, different ways that your body is sweating. You said you didn't take any notes, but I see a bunch of notes. Well, I no, but I did say that I took notes on post-it notes. Okay. So I want to make sure I want to make sure I touched on those points. And then the other things I want to touch on is what you just said. So there are three different types of infrared light. You have near, mid, and far. So in the system, most systems that you have is a far infrared. And so that is primarily for detoxification purposes, which is why that is primarily what you find in most infrared saunas. But what I added to ours, which is the reason I added it, is the near infrared. And that's best for wound healing, increased immune function. That's ideal for in increasing circulation, promoting muscle relaxation, kind of all of those extra things. And, um, and cellular turnover and cellular growth, which is huge for your skin. And I'm telling you, since I added those near infrared bulbs, it's, I think it's been huge. Yeah. Like I have seen a huge difference in my skin, like the the brightness and like youthfulness of my skin. It's because you're glowing orange when you come out. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are actually great. Actually, it's weird very because red. the lights are definitely, uh, they look different when you come out of that thing because you've got those red or yellow orange lights on you for yeah. half an hour. You walk out and all the lights look weird. Yes, I agree. Okay, so what are some of the top reasons that you would even want to get in an infrared sauna? To get away from the kids. <laughs> that number one reason... Because she locks herself into a box and says, don't come yes, in, mommy's number, in the sauna. Number one reason is, however, I have pictures to prove that I cannot even get away in there. I'm sure. Like, they, literally, they I you. can't. They come in there. Like, the, I've, I have pictures of both girls crowding in. So our infrared sauna is actually a two-person sauna, but realistically, one. I would not want to be in there with another person. That's too tight. But I'm Not sweating like that. Yeah, right. But, however... Somehow, my two little girls managed to find me in the sauna, 
come into the sauna and sit in there with all their little things. Like one of them was at my feet. One of them was sitting on the bench with me. I'm like, seriously, you guys? <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast on uh, saunas for kids. Oh right? my goodness. But speaking of saunas for kids, so our 11-year-old does use it pretty frequently. He, uh, he loves it. Once every couple of weeks he gets it. Well, there. he was doing it like two or three times a week. But yeah, I think he's down to once every couple of weeks. Yeah. But yeah, so he likes it too. So definitely it's safe for children. There's no reason they can't use it. Okay, so one reason aside... Please consult your doctor. <laughs> right. Aside from you can get away, it's one way to get away from your children or not get away from your or children. Or listen to a podcast. I love listening to podcasts in there. And my Clearlight Sauna has a Bluetooth capability and yeah. it has speakers. So I can play my phone, you know, my podcast right through. Yeah. The speakers, which is important because you don't want to have your phone in there because it gets so hot. Oh, it that... actually, I was in there today and I was uh, doing some research on something on my phone and it said emergency yeah. uh, only usage and it shut my iPhone yeah. down because it got too hot. Yeah, it gets too hot. That's because I was in there before you were, so I'd That's already probably heated why. it up. It was 145 degrees when I was in there. Yeah, yeah, it gets pretty. And I know that sounds hot and you're like, well, a regular sauna I'd be in would be like 145 to maybe you know, 200 degrees, but 145 in an infrared sauna is very different than 145 in a dry heat sauna. It's very different. It feels different. Well, there's no moisture in there either, right? Um, well, there's no moisture in the other one either. Don't, don't people put the, like the steam on there? Or they, well, you know, that's a whole different. That's you can, a whole other yes, sauna. Yes, it's a whole other sauna. And I would definitely not recommend a steam sauna because you, unless you know what, the what is, is in that water, you're right. basically injecting you're soaking it right that in. Yeah, cells. you're breathing it in. It's soaking in on your skin. I mean, you're you're like getting all of those vapors into your body as quickly as possible. Do you want to tell people your big secret about what you wear in the sauna? Um, nothing. Oh yeah, I guess that's the big secret. <laughs> yes, wear your birthday suit when you're in the sauna. It is actually important because it just helps the light to penetrate your skin. And I've read on my uh, man podcast stuff that men can protect their nether regions from the infrared mm -hmm. sauna waves or not because you necessarily don't want to get everything super heated up. Yeah. So an ice pack or a towel or something strategically located for guys <laughs> is probably not a yes, bad idea. I've heard that, yes. Okay, so let's get on to the benefits. So um, number one, sore muscles. So I know that that has been a huge one for me that I love to get in there and it definitely helps with sore muscles. So it increases the flow of nutrients like glucose, amino acids, fatty acids, oxygen to the area while removing, helping to remove anyway, the lactic acid and just kind of other metabolic byproducts from working out and what would normally be causing you sore muscles. It also supports cardiovascular health. So when you're in a sauna, I, I've heard it called passive cardio. So typically when you're in a, in a sauna, there are actually studies that say that those high temperatures in a sauna and an infrared sauna specifically because of the light waves will actually drive your heart rate up to levels that typically you're only achieving by like moderate physical exercise. So you can actually burn up to like 600 calories sitting in a sauna for like 20 minutes to 30 minutes. I like that better than a treadmill. I know. Me too. It's way better. Plus I can get work done while I'm sitting in the sauna. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and hide. And hide. Hide from the kids. Okay. So on that same kind of note, it also increases um, metabolism. So sauna, uh, a 30 minute session, like I said, burns about 600 calories. So in a journal by the American Medical Association, um, they found that while they studied patients that would 
would receive far infrared sauna therapy. It also showed a, a trend toward decreased weight circum waist circumference. Well, yeah, I would say if you're burning 600 calories just sitting in a sauna. So I notice when I get out of the sauna, I feel like I just burned 600 calories. I mean, like I feel like I just ran. Like I feel it, hot. Yeah, it's definitely hot. Um, it also detoxifies heavy metals, BPA, uh, PCBs, and other toxins. So I've heard people say that it's silly to try, that you don't need a sauna to detoxify. Like your body is made to detoxify. It's what you have a liver for. It's what you have kidneys for. Agree, your bodies can detoxify amazingly, and they were made to do so. But in the day and age that we live in now, with things like that didn't used to exist, like BPAs and PCBs and all these uh, other toxins that we're taking in, the average person carries about 700 pollutants in their body at any given moment. Even babies, like newborn babies, have more than 200 chemicals in their bodies. So... That's a pretty big deal. And then there's also now in the American population, it's becoming pretty um, talked about that there is a genetic mutation of the MTHFR gene. So a lot of people have that genetic mutation and that impairs detoxification. So it's actually estimated that 30 to 50% of the American population has that genetic mutation today. So that definitely impairs uh impairs detoxification. So you know what? If I can get a little help in an infrared sauna, I'm going to go for it. It uh, also promotes youthful skin. So far infrared wavelengths include, increase the production of collagen, which makes our skin supple and elastin, which is what kind of holds it um, in place or like when it comes out of place, like if you pull your skin away from your face and let it go back, if you have good elastin, it makes it elastic. So it allows it to go back. It also improves the delivery of nutrients to the skin because when you're in an infrared sauna, it opens up your blood vessels and it gets your, your blood flowing faster than typical. Um, it's also great for relaxation and stress reduction. So most of us know that today we have chronic stress and, you know, we're not really running away from tigers anymore, but that would have been like a, you know, every once in a while type of thing. And now we're just chronically running away from tigers as far as our brain's concerned. And when we stop chase getting chased by tigers, we find a video game to be chased by tigers yeah. or watch a show about being chased Yes. So we're constantly, we're constantly, we do it to ourselves, yes, right? we do. So we're constantly stimulating our brain like that. So, um, so when we have those, those stressful experiences, so what happens with a short-term stressful experience, we produce a rise in cortisol and then a physical response, like if we were running away or whatever, and then a reduction in cortisol. But when we are in that chronic stress state, we're just on constantly have cortisol production, constantly pumping out because we can't distinguish anymore what is life-threatening and what is not, and if we should be stressed or if we should be, you know, releasing cortisol or not releasing cortisol or whatever. So it's super good for relaxation, stress redu reduction. And I'm telling you, if you are having issues sleeping, spend 20, 30 minutes a day in an infrared sauna and see the difference that that makes. It'll be huge. Uh, we talked earlier about the benefits of fasting and one of those being cognitive function. Um, heat stress is another huge benefit of cognitive function. So it actually creates, again, brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is the BDNF. We talked about that in fasting, and that stimulates the growth of new brain cells and protects existing neurons from damage. So huge, right? We all want that. 
Um, also supports norepinephrine levels, which is a hormone that supports focus and attention. Um, I could always use more focus and attention. What would you say? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's huge. So those are those are really important things. Also supports immune function. So definitely, that's another thing that we talked about with fasting. So really, the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm thinking like, man, one-two punch is to fast and get in that infrared sauna, yeah. like which I do, but I don't really. I've never really thought about like, oh, I'm fasting, and so I'm going to get in the infrared sauna no. to like increase these but really they're so they're they're so they they are so symbiotic mm -hmm. like they that's have good. the same like the supporting the immune function so so does the ketogenic diet too that's right so is the ketogenic diet so okay so that's pretty much did you talk about water usage like before or after this i didn't but definitely i would drink and, yes. i would drink a lot of water before mm -hmm. you go in to the sauna I do not drink water while I'm in the sauna because I actually don't want to, I don't want to, and really I wouldn't drink that much water before you go in the sauna. I would be just hydrated, hydrated like normally. You don't want to be dehydrated then get in. Right. And get in there and then be like completely, you go loopy and you know, whatever. But if you're in the sauna, but I would drink a little bit, but when you're in the sauna, don't drink water because you actually want the body to detox and sweat out all those toxins. And if you're drinking water, you're just gonna, I, I just, you'll process more toxins if you don't drink a lot of water. Then when you get out of the sauna, definitely continue to drink a lot of water, rehydrate um, your body. So then you will do another great source of eliminating toxins, which will be to urinate them out. And so that's another great source. And you definitely, um, you may need to replenish electrolytes, especially mm -hmm. depending on how often you're getting in the sauna. Again, goes along with ketogenic dieting, goes along with fasting. You're going to need to replenish electrolytes mm -hmm. potentially. Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. That's about all I have. So I would uh, just highly, I can't recommend infrared saunas enough. So I would just tell you that that's what um, I would just recommend that you do it. If you have any interest in it, send me an email or, um, or some other way to, you know, all these other different ways I have to contact me and I will be happy to give you the information on my specific sauna and, you know, the brand, the type that I have, the model number, all that fun stuff. I love it. We've had it for what about a year and a half or so now? Yeah. And we uh, love it. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's get to some user reviews. Do you have any today? Yeah, I do. I, I'm actually going to, I'm going to give you two today. Uh, these are, one is very short and one is a little bit longer. So let's uh, see. I got one here by TZT Lady. This was on my um, podcast reviews. So on iTunes. So TZT Lady says, I love your format. Your your preface, present, and review. Your topics are very relevant and well-articulated. Don't worry about saying, um. <laughs> Most do it, and I didn't even notice until you brought it up. You don't do it too much. Keep rocking the podcast and thanks. Thank you so much, TZT Lady. I've been working really hard on that, and every time I listen to my podcast, I'm like, oh, don't. I did it again. <laughs> I'm working on you. I know he's he is so sorry, but um, that's amazing feedback. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, another one on my iTunes I got was by Lola one one two seven eight. So Lola one one two seven eight. Both of these are five star reviews. Lola says, "Should I swallow?" 
Jessica knows what I'm talking about. Should I leave the room for this? <laughs> so what she's referring to is I had done a podcast where one of my tips was um, was uh, no oil pulling. Yes, I can't even think because you've got me so in a tizzy now. You're supposed to be me. giggling and smiling, and you've got your your blush. I, I know there. it's hard. It's hard, and it's hard for me to talk right now. I'm like I've been losing my voice um, the last couple of days. So anyway, the oil pulling. So in that episode, I I forgot to say at the end of the oil pulling, after you swish it around in your mouth, you spit it into a waste can and the oil and then and then rinse your mouth out with water. And so I forgot to say that. And so anybody listening, if they didn't know that intuitively. Or see it in the notes. Right. Or yeah, I did put it in the notes. But if you hadn't seen that in the notes or you hadn't heard about oil pulling before, people are probably thinking, okay, I've switched it around. Now what do I do? She never told me what to do. So um, well, Jesse actually worried about that. I did. I did. After the I did. Live, she's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I, I said, felt just make so sure it's in the notes. bad. I felt so bad. So I did put it in the notes. But Don't get their money back. I know. I know. Yeah. Full refund. But this particular listener, um, I just think is so sweet because she actually did reach out to me through social media and I did respond to her and tell her I'm so sorry. Yeah, I forgot she was to on Facebook that. for like an hour waiting for the reply. <laughs> It was not Facebook, actually. She reached out to me on Instagram. But anyway, um, so anyway, her review says, I love this podcast. I also love listening to what's currently going on in their lives. I'm listening while I'm on my way to school, and I feel like I'm talking to friends and catching up. At the end of the last episode, the end of the last episode gave me goosebumps. I have been eating keto for the last four months, and I've lost 15 to 20 pounds. Yay, Lola, that's awesome. I say 15 to 20 because there are some days when I want to eat two slices of cake and a hot dog with a bun, and I do. I know I won't lose weight, but at least I'm making a conscious decision and I won't kill myself over it. The next morning, I feel like death. My whole body hurts. I almost feel hungover. The fact is, the fact that I know that this is crappy food that I've been putting in my body makes me feel like this is so empowering. I don't eat crappy food so often because of that. I'm losing weight slowly, and I am the happiest I've I've been. Fasting also helps me stay on track and motivated. I love listening to you and all the other keto podcasts. You guys are a godsend. Thank you for everything. I'm looking forward to my 30s and I have some and and to have some healthy babies in a couple more years. I love my body and myself in the process. Lola, I love that feedback and I mean it almost brings tears to my eyes reading this on the podcast because that is exactly what I'm doing this for and I know that's what all those other keto podcasters are doing it for. Um, we just love to sew into people's lives and just to give you information that can help you feel empowered about your your life and your body and your health is amazing. And I love that you put it out there that, listen, I still eat crappy food sometimes. And then I feel like crap and I get it. Like you are starting, that's intuitive eating. Like you are starting to learn that this is what I eat to feel good. This is what I eat. And then I feel like crap. And so eventually those will become less and less and less and less. And Mm -hmm. you're going to feel better and better and better. So I just think it's awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for that feedback. So guys, if you're listening to this podcast and you like what you're listening to, um, please leave me a five-star review. If you don't like what you're listening to, just send me a message and let me know. <laughs> and I will uh, try to help help you out by changing it. Well, Jesse does this to change people's lives. I do it because of the big fat paychecks I get from Jesse. Oh, yeah, the right. Co-host. He's lying because he gets no big fat paychecks <laughs> from me. 
But if you like what you're hearing, guys, and you're enjoying this podcast, please leave me a feedback on Instagram, or not Instagram, I'm sorry, on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It really does help me to know that you like what you're listening to. I would love to read your feedback on on the podcast. And it does, the more ratings I get, the more five-star ratings, the more people are actually able to find this podcast because it rates it higher in the feed. So I appreciate that. I love that. And I guess that's all we have for today. Yeah. And uh, we are excited that some people are starting to sign up for the low carb cruise. And yeah. uh, I'm actually getting to go on it with you. So I'm I know. Excited. That's super exciting. So, so I told everybody. I heard your big announcement. There, yes, yes. I told everybody last week that I will be speaking on that low carb cruise. So I have to actually send in a headshot and give them some. Uh, some dirt on me, some in, some information. So I'm just going to tell them to listen to the uh, podcast and they can just take notes. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So I got to write up something for that. And um, But I'm super excited and I hope that I get to meet some of you all on the cruise. And I told them last week about the free cruise that they could potentially win. Yeah, so awesome. I don't know if anybody entered that and if he, I don't actually know if he's drawn, drawn a winner yet. I can't remember when he said he was going to do that. But Anyway, um, exciting stuff. So if you need information about that, go back and listen to last week's podcast and I give information. So again, if you need to get a hold of me and would like to just reach out, if you have any feedback, if you have questions for me, anything like that, you can reach me at jessica at jessicatai.com. Again, that's jessica at jessicatai.com. And you can find me on Instagram at thatketoblonde. I am on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Jessica or forward slash, sorry, Jessica Thai Nutrition. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Jessica Thai Nutrition. You can follow me there and I try to post um, every day or every other day something that I think you guys would find interesting. I try to post on Instagram as well. And then my website is www.jessicatai.com. So you can find me there. You can find out information about coaching with me and all of that fun stuff. And I'm learning so much in my nutritional therapy practitioner training. And if you want to do coaching with me, I will be sure to use it on you. Yeah. <laughs> so. And if you have uh, some kind of listener question you want us to read on the air, uh, send it and it'd be kind of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had some fun with that too. So. Yeah, please send it. Keep, keep the questions coming in, guys, and the topics. I love it. And I love being able to to talk about what you guys want to hear. I don't want to just sit here and talk. I want to talk about what you guys want. So. All right. Well, good night or uh, good afternoon or yeah. whatever you're listening this to. Is, this is going out again late. I, I got to get on this, guys. I'm telling you, this NTP training is kicking my butt. So that's good, though. Yeah. All, All right. right. So thank you guys for listening so much. And I look forward to talking to you next week and hopefully connecting with you on social media. Good night. All right. Good night, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.